Thank you for joining me for another Quick Hits Conversation. Today, I would like to talk about burnout, kind of two aspects of it, how can leaders make sure their top performers don't burn out and how top performers can make sure they don't burn out. Steve, you want to kick us off? Where should we start? Well, I'd like to start with just explaining or at least sticking out there. Um, a lot of people are burnt out and don't know it yet. Mm-hmm. So knowing being able to diagnose yourself, being able to listen to feedback and understand when you're underperforming f- against your own metric mm. as against, as opposed against uh, an organizational metric. If you're not doing as well as you were doing last year or the year before, if you're struggling to, to, to get through the day, if you're struggling to get the work done and you weren't a year ago or two years ago, you need to just take your pulse and see whether you're actually suffering from that burnout. Mm-hmm. And burnout's not a personal failure. Uh uh-uh, uh, no way. Yeah, yeah. Rick, what do you think? Yeah. Well, and burnout could also be um, not just so much a, a heavy workload or, or an intense workload, but also just maybe, you know, frustration perhaps with the company. Maybe they don't feel they're being recognized. Maybe they feel that maybe they're not put, getting paid enough money to put up with some of the things that they're being asked to do. Uh, maybe they're not, uh, maybe their ideas are not being recognized. Um, Maybe they're not receiving feedback on the work that they're doing. So uh, a lot of it does come down to communication and uh, involvement and participation. And, and can the company provide creative ways to involve those uh, top performers? Um, perhaps it's, it could be something as simple as shifting the, uh, the workload um, or being more flexible. Uh, certainly pre-pandemic, that would involve uh, perhaps more days working from home as opposed to working in the office. Yeah. yeah. Jim, what do you think? Sure. Yeah. I mean, the, the key thing with high performers is that they're typically very motivated people, right? Mm-hmm. And um, burnout really comes from two distinct things that are happening here. Uh, one is frustration from not being able to do things. Mm-hmm. And the second is exhaustion from doing too much of the things that you can do, right? Mm-hmm. So, so those need to be handled a little bit separately. And once you can break the code on both of those, you're, you're moving in the right direction. Yeah. In the psychology liter- literature, we talk about burnout being caused by being held accountable to something over which you don't have the authority. Right. Lock- that's a very narrow lack- description, though, eh? Lack of control. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So that's just part of what Jim was just saying. The other part yeah. of it is taking on too much. You know, the, the whole idea of if you have something that needs to be got- done, give it to a busy person. Yeah. Interestingly, um, because my mind is, is full of um, metaphor at the moment and I'm prepping for a talk, the notion that if you could imagine everything that is um, an, emo- an emotional or an intellectual pain to you, not completion, too much work, and if you can imagine that as a physical burden, how much can you carry before you hit that final straw that breaks your back? And emotionally and intellectually, we don't see it. It's not like carrying boulders around. And we don't necessarily feel it in the same way or recognize it or diagnose it for ourselves in the same way. So for me, burnout is just when you're carrying too much emotional and intellectual stuff, wherever that's coming from. Can you catch burnout before you're burnt out? Is it something you can see coming? I think if you're prepared, if you are prepared to recognize what constitutes a burden, Mm. you can put some of that down and walk away from it before you get to burnout. What I often hear uh, folks saying is burnout 
many times is kind of just frustration. Perhaps um, the company is not providing them with the, the training or the resources that they need to do the job that they're being asked to do. Mm-hmm. And, and those are kind of real big motivation killers. So uh, companies tend to focus on the compensation side of the equation, thinking that, you know, well, this person's doing a really good job. We'll give them more money. We'll give them more responsibility. We'll in turn, we'll give them more money. And perhaps it's not always going to be come down to money. It's going to come down to do they find satisfaction in their job? Do they feel they're engaged? Do they feel that they are contributing? Do they feel that somebody really is recognizing their achievements and uh, and that they're really uh, moving in a forward direction with their careers? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a very good point. Very good point. There's an interesting one. When you are self-employed and working on your own, maybe from home, uh, are you going to be allowed to have burnout are you going to allow to burn out are you going to allow yourself to burn out if you don't have a hierarchy and a boss or or, or direct reports how does that work yeah, can you i guess can you drive yourself to burnout that's an interesting question and also people burning out faster working from home because there's nowhere to go to mm. you know and there's no way to really refresh yourself i i don't know i think it's really interesting though go ahead rick that a lot of people are feeling kind of a burnout because there's no separation between the home life and, and the work life. And they've been used to going to an office and having that physical separation. Even if they were to bring some work home with them, there still was kind of a defined, you know, dividing line. Now it seems to be one and the same. You're intermixing, you know, childcare and the work and everything else that you're doing. And it becomes 24 hours. It's not, you know, so much a nine to five or eight to six or whatever. Well, also with COVID, there was nothing else to do for a year. Right. So you're like, I'm just going to work a little bit more and you end up having a really super productive year, but like, you know, eventually you're going to burn out. Right. Yeah. Uh, Steve, I'm, I'm a part of uh, what's called an independent practitioners Alliance, which is a part of a, uh, a international communications association. And we meet uh, twice a week on the phone just to talk about mm-hmm. common issues and concerns and things that are affecting us and our business and our growth and everything like that. And, and you'll even hear people in there talking about burnout because, you know, they're realizing that they've got to keep feeding the beast. They've got to keep, you know, revenue coming in the door. So it's a, it's a, it's a fine line between how much work do I do and how much business development do I do and how much professional development do I do? Mm-hmm. And then I still have all of the other responsibilities of my home life. So mm-hmm. yes, it's very, very possible for that solo practitioner to burn out just as much as the <laughs> corporate employee. Yeah. And there's a, there's a case in point. Now you have essentially described that body to me and I'm thinking that's like a coach supervision setup mm-hmm. where you have somebody to bounce off if things are tough, if you've got a struggle with, in your, you know, on your hands. And, and that's great when you've got that. People within organizations often have somebody in occupational health that they, they can go and, and, and splurge to when they're feeling that they're being beaten up by the job. So maybe, you know, that? maybe do people, do people outside of the coaching space take advantage of that or do they feel like it's a, sh- a sign of weakness? It's an interesting point. Don't know. Because I'm been outside the coaching space. <laughs> well, I know coaches who have been in that occupational wellness space in organizations and they get a retainer, but no one ever calls them. I think coaches are the quickest to understand the value mm-hmm. of coaching and are the most likely to avail themselves of that benefit mm-hmm. and, and for a lot of people that do it might already be a little bit too late you know mm-hmm. so at that point it's kind of damage control right yeah the so when i started in coaching back in i don't know when it was 2004 or something um 
the, one of the first things I learned was the importance of having your own coach. Yes. As well as coaching other people, having somebody that you can talk to, somebody that can actually steer you. And, and, and I think that if, if, I mean, I'm, I'm by inclination, I'm naturally a loner and I'm naturally quite lazy. So I'm never going to burn out. There's just no possibility <laughs> unless it's on an emotional level, not from overwork because I refuse to overwork. So I feel a bit of a fraud talking about occupational burnout and people within big organizations because that's not my milieu. Although that's where I do my, my coaching work. And I do talk to people who are going through hell as a result of working from home for 15 months mm -hmm. and who are feeling the pinch because they work across different time zones. And I, I'm not using the burnout words because that's like saying, Oh, you've got the flu. Um, mm. it, it, it's a, it's a catch all. And what I want to do is, is, talk to people and suggest ways to stop them from getting any deeper into that hole yeah. rather than giving them a cop out of saying, well, you're obviously suffering from burnout. Maybe you should take three months off for anxiety or stress. And that's or not an answer. You can't take three months off. I no. mean, well, maybe in Europe you can. In the U.S. you certainly can't take three months <laughs> off. <laughs> It's not going to be an option here. So we're just at 30 seconds. So I want to wrap us up real quickly. What we're basically saying is that burnout happens across the board. And it is, you're right, Steve, it's complete catch-all for just basically exhaustion, mental, physical, psychological, all of it gets thrown in there. And noticing it requires paying attention. And it's better to notice as you're heading that direction than after you get there. But any time is a good time to seek help. And getting help may mean talking to someone, whether that's a paid coach or a mastermind group or some other professional group, but people that you trust to help you uh, in that organization. So I want to thank you so much for having this conversation with me. It helps with my burnout to be able to have fun conversations and you guys are, have been great. So thanks so much. We'll do it again real soon. Thanks guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.